Just as a quick note before this episode begins, uh, in this episode, Ruben and I uh, pose a fake preview card to Cranny in attempts to troll him. So don't get too excited or post on uh, MDG Salvation about this awesome new card. It is fake. But do make fun of Cranny. Contention Podcast. This is Sam Stoddard, your host, with Matt Cranstuber. Good evening. And Ruben Bressler. How's it going, everybody? Going good? I'm yeah. doing good. You're doing we good? We don't have studio audience, man. You don't gotta, you don't gotta play that. No, we could just say that and then wait for like five minutes. But like, seriously, like, you guys... You guys gotta speak up. You gotta speak up. Or, or just be like, you know... Worst audience ever. It's like you're or not... Or like, not, not, not everyone at once. Right. <laughs> you know, some podcasts do, though, have like, just infinite people in the background just... Hanging out. We've done it a couple times when we did it before Cube Night, and I have I have my back toward the door, and so it would be podcasting. I'll hear the door open and close a couple times, and then one day I, I look back and there was like eleven people. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, all right. Being surprisingly quiet. Being Just, very quiet. That's why I did. I, I'm like, oh, much respectful. I'm like, oh, it's a poor turnout for Cube tonight. Like, you know, there's nobody here. Just and crickets just, and turn around and there's an army. Yeah, yeah apparently we're just not engaged. We didn't have engaging enough content to like have any laughs or anything. So. Right. This time around, there isn't a studio audience, so I don't have to ask, how's it going, everybody? Because I can't hear you out there. So Hi, say, everybody. So I'll just say, what's up, you two idiots that spent five minutes talking about whatever I just did? All right, fair enough. Fair enough. So, what's on the docket today, Mr. Crane Stuber? Well, we got a lot to talk about. We have eight topics on the board tonight. Uh, our hashtags, as they were... First one, we have a humongously amazing announcement. Stock. What do we got? Topic number one. Uh, we got a preview card. Preview card for what? We've got Avacyn Restored. Avacyn Restored preview card. We got a preview card. A so, uh, little little side note on this: Me and Ruben have not seen this yet. Right. So Sam Sam uh, had this directly shipped to us uh, for the Incontingent podcast. I I, I made some uh, made I, I made some. Uh, Stod's a big deal. I'm a big deal. No, I mean, I mean, I, I was going to say I made some phone calls, but that's not quite true. No, I, just, I made some IMs, nice. and uh, I managed to finagle us a preview card. Very cool. So we're going to go over our uh, exclusive preview card, and then um, this last weekend was the MTGO Cube, so we're, we have a little Cube retrospective. We'll go over our experience with that and uh, how it's kind of affected what we're doing with our Cube. Uh, then we have our third, third subject is Delver, colon, the enemy. Right. <laughs> Hashtag four, Avacyn, uh restored spoiler season. Um, then we have hashtag temporal mastery, hashtag newsening, magic the newsening, hashtag GP schedule, and hashtag Zozu. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, got a I, lot to get to. I didn't see half of these because I was like, I'm at kind of an angle and they're written by a small child. No offense, Ruben. And, Whoa! Uh, the ones you can't read are written by Cranny. Oh, really? <laughs> I saw right. four of me. I sort of trail off. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's the news. You can read mine, even though I have awful handwriting. It says GP Schweitzer. <laughs> Schweitzer. It looks uh, like it's written by Cranny. That's okay, great. So. I'm a doctor. All right. Like so why don't, why don't we get to the the, the thing that you all are right, so excited I'm, about? All right, let's do it. Right. All right. Everyone so. clicked on this link for a reason. <laughs> so here it is. All right. So. We have an uncommon, 
Uncommon. Uncommon. So keep that in mind. I'm drawing this on the board as right. you, as you, as you it, talk it, about it. It is not a rare. Give us our... Give not a mythic. Not, okay, so we're starting with un, the... the uh, the commonality is uncommon. Uncommon. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. He's he's actually drawing the uh, the thing on the. I got the expansion symbol. symbol too. All right, and he, <laughs> he didn't draw it in silver because we don't have a silver pen. But. All right, so uh, I'll give you the name first. Skirsdag heretic. I'm mispronouncing it because Skirsdag heretic. Okay. All right. So it's a creature. It is a creature. What's its creature type? Uh, human shaman. Human shaman. Human shaman. All right. Uh, now it costs uh, red red. Oh, okay. It is a 1-1. One, 1-1, one. One, one, all right. All right, so what do you think it does? Please tell me it's Imperial Recruiter. <laughs> For two? <laughs> okay, I'm yeah, just kidding. Red, red, and board. All right, uh, it, um... Please tell God, shocks a creature? Does not shock a creature. All right, what is it? What is it? All right, uh, we might have seen this ability before. Okay. It's, uh, it taps. All right. It draws a card. Whoa. And it discards a card. Oh, oh it's, it's Merfolk Looter for Red Red. Wow. Oh, I mean, we saw that with Faithless Looting, where they have sort of right. shifted. That's that's exactly what I first started thinking about, was that, you know, they're sort of shifting this into red for some reason. So, Red Red, a 1-1 one, one with the Merfolk Looter ability yeah. on it. Wow. What a fantastic card. See, like, I'm a little bit less impressive than you are, and I'll tell you why. I, like, so I've, I've actually never been a huge Merfolk Looter fan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess this. All right. I've never been a huge Merfolk Looter fan. <laughs> like, I'm trying to picture, what, like, what deck this goes in. Well, well, I mean, it's probably not going to go in any standard deck. I can't think of any applications. It, it's the fact that it's a, it's, it's, it seems real difficult to cast and draft. I'm like, I don't know what the archetypes look like, but it's, but... I remember when I did Rise of the Eldrazi, monocolored was not exactly ever drafted. Well, it's not even monocolored. It's like colorless or colored colored. Right. Is like the hardest casting cost for Sure, sure. That's fair. Uh, you know, if it was two and a red, it'd be like, it wouldn't come out until the third turn, but like your odds of casting at third turn is so much higher. Like I'm trying to think of the like, remember Leaning Sky Patrol Sky? The flyer? The 2-2 two, two flyer yeah. for... Yeah, yeah. Like, that guy was awesome, but, like, you could never cast him on turn two. Sure, sure. And, like, for, like, it's, like, it's one of those cards that's, like, I wish it was one red-red. Or one red. Well, yeah. As, as opposed to... Just red, actual, actual color shift. Okay, so here, I'm going to be on the, obviously, the opposite side. Oh, offense. oh really? Shots. Oh, really? So, I, I like this card because, well, first of all, red doesn't get this. Like, red does not get the ability to do this, aside from the the only time that we've seen this really is Faithless Looting and then, like, Shocker Effects, where you discard your hand and then draw that many cards, which we got... Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. And then we got one in the last set... Winds of Fate. Uh, with uh, Winds of Fate with Flashback. So, the fact that it's on a reusable body is is really interesting because now I don't necessarily have to play blue as a support color for something like Reanimation. No, listen. Okay. Okay. Think, think, think not, you don't want to play Force Will. I understand. Think of five color rights. All right. I'm I'm tar- I'm not in legacy right now. Okay. I'm I'm okay. in five color rights. Five color rights. You could use red as your main support color, and and play red, white, black, and not necessarily have to do Three. like 
Yeah, and not have to do as much of the green. But, like, green in that green deck like gets you mulch. It gets you yeah. Hunter's Instinct or yeah, Tracker's Instinct. What, but, 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 but does this have a home in a deck like that? Like, I think No. That, Maybe in something else. Not in the five color, right? You have to play... You need to have red, red. You need In black. a deck that needs black and white. Right. And, like, you know, there, there may be opportunities to play him in mono red in standard where... Faithless Looting was, like, a pretty decent card. In fact, I think, like, Smitty was playing it in his, uh, like, big red cough decks. Right. But, like, this guy doesn't actually, like, Faithless Looting's uh, card disadvantage, and this guy at least puts a body on the board. Right. He can carry a sword later if you're, when you're done using... I mean, I think Mono I mean, are, you, are you really going to play a sword in that deck, though? Well, like, yeah. I mean... What, you, you can play... Um, everybody plays swords. You can play Pike. Sure. Like, I've been well, working... Pike is real I've been working on uh, Blue-Red, Delver... For standard, I don't want to call it Delver. It's like, well, it's a blue red deck, and I'm going to play. Um, it's basically okay. It's basically Delver, but I play. <laughs> it's, I'm like, it's not really Delver. It's basically Delver. <laughs> it's essentially. I, right now, I'm looking at four of the red miracle. Okay. Two time walk miracles. Yeah, miracles are real exciting with this card. By the way. Why? Well, you draw a card on your opponent's turn, so like. So you basically have an extra chance to hit a miracle. An extra card, yeah. So you just can't use it on your own turn. Well, when do you ever use a looter on your own turn? All the time. Well, I'm just saying that... Like, I love as, losing my own turn. As a looter fan, since you're not... As, as a man who knows, who has a uh, degree in lootermanship. In lootermanship. But, but you, would, you would probably not play this guy in that deck. You'd probably just play Merfolk Looter. Right, well, if, if, if he was an option. Now, the exciting thing about this guy is that not only do you get miracles, but you also get to discard things like Faithless Looting, which has flashback. You get to discard uh, Chandra's Phoenix... You get to discard Coldotha Phoenix in a big red style deck. I mean, there's there's certainly applications. Hey, look, if you want to be, that's a deck that if you've got a Rune Chanter's Pike and some other artifacts. You just made who was it? Was, was it Smitty? He was all in Coldotha uh, Phoenix when it first came out. So well, then, why can't this card be the card that lets Coldotha Phoenix have a day in the sun? Well, what I was thinking is the the mono. Have you seen the mono red or the? I don't know if it's really mono red, but there's like a. Uh, a, sh- a modern deck of very much more folks around Shrine that plays yeah, Faithless Looting and stuff. Yeah, this guy's fun with Shrine. Like, I just look at him and think, I, you don't have to have the same support cards that you would typically have to have in a deck that wants to abuse graveyard strategies. So, if I have this in Faithful Looting and then any other color that provides me discard outlet, I could pretty realist- realistically cut out the middleman. Like, I just don't have to play the blue cards. And, like, that, to me, is a big selling point. That's true. Point. And because it costs red-red, being able to reliably cast him on turn two is a big deal. Like, that guy, yeah, that makes sense. So, it definitely, uh, I mean, I'm adding this guy to the cube, no doubt about that. Like, I, I just think he's, I've been trying to, to up the Merfolk Looter effects because I think it's a really good effect. Um, and you, you could just make your own that was one red, that way I'd, I'd be happy. Just could just cut that out? I mean, it's not that, it's not that hard to get red-red no, but if I'm playing Red Red, I just want to cast Ball Lightning. I don't want to cast... I don't want this. If I'm playing... and, and, and we will be talking about Red's identity in our cube retrospective. Right, which will be coming I, yeah, up soon. I don't want to talk about that, because, like, I'm a... When it comes to cube, I'm kind of a Red Purist. Like, if it if it's not averaging, like, two damage for every one mana I spend in it, I'm just not a huge fan. Not a big, like, uh, Ravenous Baboons fan? Not a big Ravenous Baboons fan. More of a Kelden Champion. Like... I got a Kelvin Champion like fifth pick in the Moto Cube. Never happened in my life. <laughs> I think I was I was like not even I was like mono white weenie. I was just like okay mono red now and I went mono red. 
So anyway, back to Skurstag, uh Heretic. So we've already had Thriving Heretic, which did something. We've had Vyashino Heretic, which did something. It seems like Heretics just randomly do what they want now, which is very funny to me. I don't know, just for flavor perspective. What did uh, the first one do? Thraven Heretic? Yeah. It's the colorless and a white 2-2 from the last set that you tap to exile a creature in an opponent's graveyard. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we, we, we routinely first pick that card in DII draft and yeah. just bash all the years. That guy's pretty good in draft. <laughs> um, so what are you, you going to do with this card, Craig? What do well, you, aside, uh, from, aside from cube with it, I, I think that, again, being able to, to not have to play the other support color is going to make you more consistent. So maybe in modern, you could see this guy show up in some sort of red-black zombie deck where you're trying to discard grave crawlers and, you know, your mana's perfect because you have graving cairns and you have the right. fetch lanes and stuff. You can and also put I, this in any of the seismic assault life from the loan decks, like if they're casting seismic assault to casting this guy. Well, yeah, sure, sure. I feel like, okay, so I feel it's probably a little, uh, sort of for here, um, magical Christmas land. A little Metro's Christmas land to cast him and be like, I want to play Red Black Okay, well, what about in Seismic Assault? I think that's a great that's a great example I where mean, you can you can get your stuff in the bin early, dredge, and just turbo seismic assault. But is that better than looting? Well, you don't have to play blue. You can loot if you want no, to. No, I'm sorry, faithless looting. Oh, faithless looting. Yeah, you play both. I think you play play both. it's a different I, I the, the fact that this guy's in print is Something that we, we have not seen in this color before. Right. It's signaling a new direction. The fact that we can't sh- shoehorn it into existing archetypes is because we've never seen something like this in this color, so there's never been an archetype for this guy. So it's it's you know, it's brave new world out there for this guy. And we and we always see the looters go in and out of favor where like people will all of a sudden wake up and be like, Oh, Merfolk looter is legal right now. I'm gonna play him in Delberth. But or uh, like it, and it happens all the time where, and, and that's how you're able to win the mirror because I mean, you're just always ditching your lands to get Vapor Sense. Yeah, I mean, I remember playing one in Illusions, but I mean, I, I haven't, the last time I remember like, really like being in love with Looter was Madness, so. No, we ne- you never know, maybe Madness is in Ravnica. Now, do maybe Mirror the new Rep Madness. Well, do we have any idea if there's any more flashback in this set? I believe they said there's no flashback in this okay. set. Okay. So now, that, that the only re- returning mechanic. Uh, from last set is undying. So, so his value goes down a little bit. But then again, we also have um, something that uh, is sort of a sub-hashtag of the Absent Resorts spoiler is that Wizards made an announcement at PAX that M13 is going to have our everybody's favorite Elder Dragon, Nicobolus, sure. which is uh, a very cool announcement, not just because Nicobolus is an amazing uh, planeswalker, which hopefully they print him as is or they do some sort of iteration, but... Uh, is because the, it's gold card. It's the first time we see gold card in the base set. So, there's, I mean, there's so many things that... I mean, we, we've talked a long time about wanting to have gold cards in the base set. Lightning Helix's Deeds, Terminates. I mean, those are all great candidates for... Shannon can't actually print Deed anymore. Well, I mean, I think, they, I think they could, and that I, and that's probably a huge debate that you could have. But, like, my personal feeling is that I think it's kind of neat that it doesn't kill Planeswalkers. And it would make for some pretty interesting decks where, like, maybe it isn't as impressive anymore because it can't kill Planeswalkers, which means that it could see print. And it might just be interesting enough to, to see print in the, in the next M set. So let's get some final thoughts on, uh, on, Thra- on uh, Skurzdag Heretic. What, do you, what, do you, what are your complete 
Try and summarize your thoughts in, into a sentence here. He's, he's going in cube, and uh, I have high hopes that he'll get played in some some format somewhere. Um, I'll, I'll go next. I he's he's exciting. He's interesting. Uh, it's 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 interesting that Wizards has sort of gone this direction with looting, where they took careful study and gave us gave us uh, faithless looting, and now they've taken Merfolk looter and given us this guy. It's going to be interesting to see what else they turn into red in the future. Oh, I love shifts in the color play. Yeah, yeah I, I I still like. I'm not as excited as you guys are about it. Uh, I think that he's not ready for standard anytime soon. But you know, I mean, I'll cast him limited, I guess. Sure. Which I mean, I mean, there are worse things than having limited, limited fodder. I mean, I like limited fodder. Yeah. You know. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, little preview. We're pretty excited to get that. So All while right. we're on the top, so cranny. What? Remember about six months ago? Yeah. When I when I told you what I had meant to do during the uh, Innistrad spoiler season? No. And I forgot. Oh man. So remember I said I was going to make up a preview card. Is that it? Yeah. What? Did yeah. Did I just get April Fools? You got April Fools. Oh, what the hell? A little late. But... <laughs> <laughs> now Cranny's all sad. That's a pretty balanced card. But yeah. Yeah. We were deba- I was debating whether to... Uh, I almost did a, an Imperial We almost... Card. Yeah, he almost did an Imperial I, was, I actually would have screamed like a little girl. Yeah. You already you already saw me spinning up ready to actually... I, I, well, I was gonna, I, what I was going to do was one green green... For an Imperial Recruiter. But instead of searching... But what it did was... Uh, it had Soulbound. Or Soulbind or whatever. And it gave the other guy Hexproof. But I was like, he'll never believe that. No. Not in a million years. <laughs> no. And so I was debating whether or not to do something like... Way over the top. Yeah. Way over the top. And now here's the problem. I was like, okay, Ruben. So no matter what happens... Whatever he says, just say the opposite and troll him about it. And Ruben was just like... Oh, you're pretty too nice of a guy, apparently. To... Uh, to, to really get you worked up about this. Son of a beasting. Son of a beasting. But if they ever do want to print this card, I actually like, kind of like, like the card idea. And I kind of wish that they had it. Yeah. I originally had it as one red red for a 2-1. That's why. But I thought that was like a little bit too underpowered. You could have made it like Cunning Spark Mage. Just red 2-0-1 with haste. Make it like Bonded Fetch. Yeah, so but... Not unreasonable. It was going to either be one red red for a 2-1 with haste. Mm-hmm. Or red red... Because I had, to, I had to power it up a little bit, so you would be like a little more like I was. I was. I was going to really try and, and talk about how horrible it was, and you were going to really uh, get all like, "No, you're wrong." But then, but then Cranny made us pause the podcast. I paused the podcast. I'm like, "Look, guys, if Wizards is going to get the card, <laughs> we have to get a little bit more just, excited." Yeah, we started about it. the trash talk, and I'm like, "No, no, no, right. we can't do that. We got to be more excited." Like this. This is a my masterful card. plan of completely trolling Cranny and uh, <laughs> caused and him to pause the podcast. All right, idiots. So I think on. that the main the main thing that should happen here is Wizards. Next time, give us a real card to preview. <laughs> well, I and I, I I do want to talk about that. Um, MTG cast doesn't get one anymore. I think it is high time that podcast because like I tried getting a preview card before, and basically what I was told was that. Uh, it, it, it goes through really the websites and not podcasts. Yeah. And so it's like, well, like, MTG Cast already has, has a preview card. Talk to them about trying to, you know, basically do the MTG Cast preview sure, card. Sure, sure. So I, I would like in the future if uh, anyone there at Wizards is looking for a little bit of spoiler card. It doesn't have to be a rare. I, I'll, I'll talk I about I'm completely happy with a human shaman at Uncommon. 
one one percent. I'll give the comments. Hey, limited resources. They get a preview card. All you have to do is give them like a freaking uh, like this. This sets two two for white white with this set's ability. Yeah, attached they'll, they'll, to they'll, it. they'll be like, oh, this one's awesome. With that. Or like a one red mana that deals damage that has this set's ability. Yeah, that's fine. So yeah. So moving on. Yeah. <laughs> now that Kroni is, is sufficiently uh, sufficiently yeah, trolled, I'm gonna troll. skip ab- ab- absent restored discussion. We're gonna go to cube so I can <laughs> calm down. Trim, calm down a little bit. Okay. So I'm really excited about adding Skurstag Heretic to cube up it's in the near future. Believable enough, jerks. <laughs> he, he's a he's a fairly believable card. Yeah. I'm leaving that up on the board. <laughs> Uh, all right, so last weekend uh, we talked about this a few times. We actually even dedicated an entire episode talking about this um, special event. Wizards did the MTGO Cube, and uh, unless you just don't have the internet or maybe don't didn't listen or weren't able to. How do you know the internet? You're listening to our podcast. Uh, are among the one of the three people who don't if like you happen, the Cube. If you happen to walk into a, into a card shop, uh, you know, uh, trying to sell your milk and cheese from the back of your Amish Maybe buggy. Maybe there's people gathered around a radio, like, you know, back in the 40s. And, and they're randomly it. getting our transmission. <laughs> okay, my house, I even you would appreciate this. Um, in, in Athens, where I went to school, all the houses are really old. And they have, like, an improperly grounded wire. And so every device in our house, every radio, computer, TV, got NPR on it. <laughs> so you could turn on, you'd be like watching Star Trek. If you turn it up, you would hear like, "This is echoes with you know I mean? just like <laughs> with John DiLiberto." Yeah, with John DiLiberto. I, I, I loved echoes with John DiLiberto just because he's like, "This is echoes <laughs> with John DiLiberto." Uh, so yeah, that was uh, anyway. Got a nice. So place. if you uh, it, it, hopefully you spent your weekend cubing like we did. I, it, it was I, just last weekend, right? It was just last weekend. It feels like about a month ago. I know it does. I, I, I got home from work. I, I knew I wanted to come home early because I wanted to get the first cube grit in. And I went to sleep around 4.30. And my cube sense was tingling. And I woke up at 5. <laughs> Leah was home. I, like, spring into action. I'm like, I can't talk to you right now. i got to fire my computer on. So I open up Moto as fast as I can, get into a draft, first pick a hero blade hold, and I was off to the roof. <laughs> so I... Uh, uh, all told, through the weekend, uh, we, we had a, a, a bunch of people come over. Like seven? Yeah, we had like seven people Maybe on Saturday. Friday we had four. And uh, and then like a bunch of birds. Uh, people just kind of like watching drafts. I think I probably did, and I don't even know if this is lower high, but maybe 30 drafts. Jeez. Like full eight-man drafts. Seriously? Dead serious. That's a lot of tickets. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, and I and I, I didn't even stop to like in between to sell packs. It just went right into the next one. Probably the best. You should probably shouldn't sell those packs for a while. I'm not gonna sell the packs for a while. <laughs> um, so my gosh, like it, it was just like at, when the first pack came. You know, we we cube every week, and we've cubed a lot of other people's cubes at events. And like the first time when you cube, like you you open up the pack and you look at the cards, and it's like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Like, I can't believe I'm getting this. Or someone passes you a pack and, oh, you you, can't, you couldn't have passed me this. Like, you're an idiot. Like, how can I get that fourth fourth or fifth pick? I felt like that. And, like, that that just doesn't happen anymore just because I've done so many cube drafts that it doesn't, like, 
I don't know. It, it excites me, but I don't get surprised when I see it. But I felt like that when I was on the MotoCube. Like, I, I felt like I was, it was my first time. I got, like, a 7th pick volcanic, or sulfuric vortex. Jeez. BDM, he got a 45th pick, last pick of the draft, upheaval. What? Well, realistic. Yeah, I won every game with it. Uh, the interesting thing to me was, because I, I really like this cube list, right? One of the things that I, uh, people were really commenting about how it didn't have enough lands. And I felt that, that not having as many lands actually really helped out a lot of packs. Sure. Uh, you know, you do have Lex fixing, and so you had to sort of prioritize taking mana stuff higher. But, like, the, the packs were so deep because there were no signets, no lands. And so almost every card did something, like, besides produce mana. So, like, your deck, like, I, every deck I had to cut, like, six, seven, eight cards out of. I mean, I, I was really impressed by just how deep it was. It might be that people just had no idea what they were doing, and so... Yeah, at the beginning, there were definitely cards that were getting passed that I, I, it just didn't make any sense. Like, to see, like, a fifth pick recurring member, just like, well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you just didn't read that, because... Right, you just don't know what that card does. And, it, and that did happen. I mean, oh, there's a lot of cards like that. Um, and also, they did new arts on a lot of cards. Right. They did new arts for uh, Finhorn Elves. Fin- I mean, they did new arts for all the dual lands. Several dozen, yeah. Uh, Old Man of the Sea, Flames right. on Cabu. Future Sight. Future Sight, Sylvan Library. There were a lot of late Sylvan Libraries, like 10th pick, because you just didn't recognize the art. I think people just didn't think realize how good the card is. Maybe not. Maybe not. So... Um, most of I okay. So what what did your decks look like? Like what were most of the archetypes that you were? Doing? I had uh, two sort of like blue black X reanimator decks because people kept passing me reanimation spells. Right, right. Uh, and I got past the recurring nightmare third, and I was like, well, I guess I'm that. Uh, two black green reanimator decks because I like being consistent. Um, one white mini deck and two mono reds. Nice. Um, so, pretty good mix of aggro and mid-rangey type stuff there. That's pretty good. I didn't actually get to do any moto cube drafting. I was having Passover with the family. Sure. Understandable. Um, but from what I, what I heard, it was uh, not really easy to draft the control decks. It um, was... The control decks were more big mana than anything, and they were almost always supplemented by... Colors that may, maybe not wouldn't normally play that role. Like you didn't see a lot of blue white control. Like I, I don't think I played against blue white control once. Hmm. Um, you really didn't even see a lot of blue black control because the blue black decks were too busy playing reanimation spells. Yeah. So I think the, the issue that I biggest reason I think I saw a lot of problems with blue white was that people were picking rats way too high, and so I saw a lot of people who had aggro decks and they had wrath. Right. Because they're so used to being like, oh my god, Wrath Unlimited. Right. And right. so I, I think a lot of... Because I think a blue-white deck needs at least one Wrath to, I think, really be effective. Mm-hmm. And I think people... I think that a lot of blue-white decks just couldn't get Wrath. Because people were playing some aggro deck and they were like, oh, Wrath. And, and you could fall into the trap, too, where there's some cards that I just don't think were supportable, like Tinker. Um, I had a good Tinker deck. Well, I didn't have a good Tinker deck. I had a good... I had a deck, deck with that, Tinker in it? I had a, um, my reanimation deck also had one ticker with a bunch of mana part because I had, I had an upheaval and I had, uh, the blue, uh, what's it called? The Sphinx that's vigilance and 
Sphinx of Steel one? Yeah, the, the unfun Sphinx. I think it was kind of a trap. Because uh, 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 a draft that we did with our friend Greg Hennig, he had he first picked Tinker. Like, he opened his pack. It was like a reasonable pack. And the logic was like, just take the Tinker because... That, that card either comes, like, second pack, and you just can't build around it, or you just don't see it when you're in the artifact. Right. So he picks it. I think he got Basalt Monolith, a Signet, and then uh, no other opportunities <coughs> for any... He didn't see a Sunny Titan, a Mind Slaver, um, Mer Battlesphere. Well, yeah, I mean, notable was that there. this cube does not have a whole lot of, like absurd Tinker targets. Right. right. It has all the good ones. I think that was done by design. And it's also, it also doesn't have a lot of great things to sack to Tinker. Right. You had to, you had to really work for Tinker. And I think that Tinker worked best in a deck like, like I had it in, where you have like one or two good targets for it. Mm-hmm. You know, where basically, I, and I think Tinker is a fine card in your cube and perfectly fair as long as you're getting like Gilded Lotuses, like Sphinx of the Steel Wind and Sunday Titan are the absolute top end for how good Tinker should be. Uh, and I, and that was the absolute top end of the cube too. That was, that was it. You didn't have Dark Steel Colossus. You didn't have anything that was, you know, or, or Blight Steel Colossus rather. You had nothing that was just like the one shot robot type right, stuff. Right, But you did have, you know, you know, you did have Titan, which is really good. The only thing was that, uh, you didn't have to have as many Signets. So you could play Tinker, but you had to be, you know, like, hey, I would play Tinker in a deck if I had like six artifacts and I could get a Gilded Lotus. I'd play mm-hmm. Tinker. Right. If I had like a Gilded Lotus and some, and, like a Sunner Titan. I'd love to play Tinker in that deck. Yeah. But I would not, but you can't just build the Tinker deck. No, it's way more difficult without Signets. And the, and the cube's bigger, too. So right. Well, and you just don't have, right, you don't have the same density of, like, there's, like, six cards I can get that all just win the game as soon as, like, I uh, Tinker for them. It's more like, I can Tinker for a pretty good target. Yeah, yeah. And, it was just um, a utility spell. It wasn't, whereas Show and Tell, I think, got, had a lot more value in this cube than most cubes did because it had a yeah. lot more big things. Like the Eldrazi's and random giant dudes that just I never saw in any other cube before. I I, I, I want to talk about the Eldrazi. Um, well, quick, quick rundown of the decks that I played. I think I had of the thirty decks. Thirty that I decks. I had like three or four white weenie decks. Uh, at least three or four um, mono red decks, uh, especially during the early the early parts of the t- of the uh, of the cube because nobody was picking red. It was just so... I, Goblin Guides were coming. Fallout Vortexes were coming. Um, I played a lot of big mana decks. I did red-green. I did green-white. I did five-color. Um, those were all really good. If um, I had one complaint about the cube, it's that the big mana decks were too good. Yeah, and that's... that. My favorite deck that I drafted is kind of a good example of like why it just, it just doesn't... I don't know, I think they could have cut back on some of the ramp a little bit. Like, right. they played every mana bug, every ramp and growth effect. Um, just, there's just so many ways to, to ramp out to Karn and Nicobolus. Like, uh, Rich, uh, Rich Zahersky was here on Friday and Saturday, and he drafted Nicobolus. Let's say he did 15 drafts. I think he said 12 out of the 15 or something. <laughs> That's insane. He would just pick it and then and then play it, and he was doing well with it. And, right. But I agree with you. I think that the big mana decks were um, maybe it's maybe the aggro decks just couldn't get over the. I, I think the aggro decks were slightly too weak. I think that 
overall, people were not valuing Armageddon effects correctly. Mm-hmm. I saw those go much later than they should, which isn't to say they went late, but, I mean, I was seeing, like, fifth and sixth pick Geddon's pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't pass Geddon's sixth pick. And I know they're real playing white, and they're just like, oh, like, well, Geddon's not that good in my deck. It's symmetrical. Like, Geddon is pretty much good in every deck that plays white, because if you are ever ahead, you just get in and you win. Yep, yep. Um, and I, I think that people did not draft the cards that could punish big mana very well. And so, like, if you want, like, I noticed that one of the best cards I found was Garrick, like, original Garrick, mm-hmm. was amazing this weekend. Like, there wasn't, uh, unless you're playing against Mono Red, most decks had a kind of a hard time dealing with him. And being able to play him, make a beast protect him, then untapping lands, mm-hmm. like, your big mana deck, oh, like, I, there were so many decks that just had such a hard time dealing with, uh, with Garrick. He was just phenomenal over the weekend. It just didn't feel like there was enough thought seizes and duresses being flung around. There's not not as many counter spells, so it just felt like, well, if I get to seven mana, I don't have to worry about my opponent dismissing my whatever because right. it, it just didn't feel like there was as many counter spells. Which is weird because when uh, when we were looking at the original list, it looked like every blue card was a counter spell. At least yeah. to me, it looked like every blue card was a counter spell. I think that the blue decks, because. And it, I actually kind of like it that the blue decks didn't have a lot of ramp. Most of them didn't. If they did have ramp, it was kind of like artifact-based ramp. Mm-hmm. But, and maybe people were just counterspelling the wrong things. I don't know. But it just felt like whenever I played a big mana deck, that I just got to do really unfair things on, like, turn five. My opponent was still casting, like, relatively reasonable cards. So what, out of this, uh, knowing knowing what you know about my list and playing this this list... What do you think that we should add to our cube or that other people should be playing that was in this list that maybe weren't that, that maybe aren't being played in other lists? Uh, the the card I know you've mentioned on Twitter that everyone loved was uh, Pristine Talisman. Yeah, that card was awesome. That card was big. That card was a big deal. So I saw hmm. in, in over the weekend. I think that our our household collectively probably gained two hundred life. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty insane. Uh, there were a couple other things like uh, Dis- I, destructive force. I think oh, is. Yeah. Well, I gotta tell my. One. I gotta tell my my dream story. Okay, so one of the the ongoing jokes about this cube is that there were some cards uh, included to support a storm archetype, and all of the cure the cube purists basically came out and they're like, "Well, this is not going to work. There's no way you can get storm to work in a in a large cube and in, in a draft format." Um, it's just not consistent enough. You won't be able to draft the pieces, whatever. So as we were going through the drafts, we found this to be true, whether it was a self-fulfilling prophecy and we just wouldn't allow ourselves to pick these cards because we knew it was bad or because it was actually bad. Um, and I kept telling myself that I just wanted to open up my first pack and not be compelled to take any other card in the pack except for a storm card. And, uh, on Saturday, uh, one of the last drafts of the night, um, my, I opened my first pack and it was a Dream Halls, which is which is the card I, I kept saying I wanted to open. I'm like, okay, and I think the other card was like a survival. It was like a really good enabler. I'm like, okay, do I go big and just try to get this, or do I just take the boring card and like build around it like I could any other? Because survival's a pretty boring card. Well, no, but like just build a typical black deck. green, yeah, yes. big deck, whatever. So I decided to take the Dream Halls, and um, I will post, I promise I will post the um, screenshot of my deck, but I ended up being able to get Empty the Warns, uh, Tendrils of Agony, Mind's Desire, 
Destructive I was Force. Destructive Force, Nicobolus, Liliana um, of the Veil, uh, Soren Soren One, Cruel and Ultimatum, Cruel Ultimatum, Bogart and Hellkite, Bogart and Hellkite, Tidings, Ancestral Visions, and then I got a um, Shellac Isle. Which Mind's Desire yet? I got Mind's Desire, yeah. Did you have a, you had an Eldrazi in there or no? Nope. No. That's so I I draft this crazy Grixis deck. I have really good mana. I ended up getting like four or five dual lands. Um, I have pretty decent uh, draw spells. I've like sign and blood and whatever. So I'm thinking that my my plan A is just to canter up or draw my way into a Dream Halls and then just see if I can get there. I had no. I, I'm totally theorizing that this deck will actually work. Well, I get into my first queue, and my my opponent's playing like dorks. I rolling earthquake them away. I get to to uh, to six man. I play Soren, and then I eventually get to play like empty the worms for a few tokens, and then kill my Soren. So not not a good indicator. So the next game we get there, I actually do get to Dream Halls. I discard, play Cruel Ultimatum, play a Bogart and Hellkite, deal five to him, play an empty the worms, and then attack and kill him. So I'm like, oh wow, this is this could actually work. So I play, I actually, I win my round one, which was, you know, we had, again, we had a bunch of people over and everyone. You were an 8-4, right? Yeah, I, yeah, eight, I was doing 8-4s in Swiss. This was a Swiss. Okay. No, 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 no. This was an 8-4. This was an 8-4. So I. Big game. Yeah, big game. So I go into my next round. My opponent's playing white-green. And I, I won't, I won't do the whole bad beat story. Long story short, I beat my sec, my second round opponent. And, and this one was off of Tendrils, because he plays four spells on his turn. I end of turn Tendrils. On my turn, I Cruel Ultimatum kill him. Tendrils with uh, Sheldock Isle? With Sheldock Isle. Sheldock Isle, oh my god. Which was, like, real good. That's Cause, insane. Because Memory Jar, like, any draw seven plus Sheldock Isle is pretty much always going to get you the yeah. card under it. So, since I had so many draw sevens, it just worked That's out perfect. so sick. Yeah, it was real good. Uh, so, my last round, this one, this one was kind of tricky. I, my first game, I lose... And then we go into the second game, and I, I, I actually was telling Sam, I'm like, the dream's dead, I can't win, and I'm... Did you mull the four? I, I'm, no, 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 that's that was the, last the game. second one. So I'm like, I can't win, I have six mana on board, I have no, nothing in my hand I can cast, I have like, I have like a Nicobolus and like some of my other dumb card. So I draw a Mind's Desire, and I'm like, well... Spin the bottle. I'm like... What what do I got to lose? Like I can't. I'm like I'm dead on board. He has a Calciderm. I'm at three life. He has a Calciderm, a Cloudgoat Ranger, and three tokens. I have a Rolling Earthquake in my hand. I absolutely cannot right. kill everything. So I play the Mind's Desire for one. Flip over Destructive Force. Completely wipe his board. Uh, he, has, he has to get rid of all of his guys, and then I have enough mana to play Liliana, ramp her up, and then eventually combo out. So just com- completely dead on board. Like no 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 hope. Twenty twenty one shot. Twenty one shot, and then get it. So and then my next my my next final final game, I multi four, and end up being able to win. So right, I mean, he was playing some green red ramp deck and just had nothing. Yeah, I was just like he must say he he kept a loose hand or just he had he no just, pressure. I, I think he kept actually like an okay hand. Well, we had pyroclasm for his. Yeah, like he played like eight and a half tails in a savannah line, and we just pyroclasm away. That was second round. I would mention that. Um, this sounds awesome, and, and I guarantee everyone. everyone's worried that it's never going to come back. It's going to come back. They wouldn't have spent months designing this cube right. to just release it for a weekend and then never bring it back. Right. I, I think that they're going to basically use this to bridge the gap when uh, online magic is different than paper magic. Mm-hmm. Right. 
because everyone's always real depressed when it happens because you're like, oh man, did you see the new deck in standard? You're like, yep. It's like, uh, so are you playing it? And you're like, no, no, I'm playing uh, something else. Yeah, no, I'm not playing that. I'm playing last one standard because uh, Moto hasn't released new cards yet. The one card that I wish that was accessible to the Storm deck that they didn't have in the online cube, having seen what decks do well, I really wanted Ignite Memories. Like just <laughs> yeah, against every deck. Doing, yeah. So, you know, maybe next time, you know, cross your fingers. Also, I want to say my favorite play of the entire weekend was uh, my opponent played some guy early on, hit me for two. I played a, I was playing Monterey. I played a blocker for it and killed it. I think it was like a Thalia or something he played. Then he played a Calciderm, and he attacked, and then he attacked, and then I was like, all right, uh, enter turn, Pulse the Fortune, right? Take him down to... Oh, jeez. I Pulse the Fortune uh, twice, right? I'm like, uh, or he Pulse the Fortune once. Take him to 16. Then he attacks me with Calciderm, and I have six lands out. Attacks me with Calciderm, uh, takes me to three, right? Uh, and so, I'm sorry, he was at 14. Is that right? So he's just know. dead. So you just cast this spell four times and he's dead. Right. Right, exactly. That's so stupid. Well, I cast it, no, I cast it a total of five times because it's us. Right. right. So he attacks me. I, 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 I pulse him down to 16, and then I give him a 12. And he's like, all right, take him to three. And I'm like, pulse you, pulse you. Pulse you, pulse untap. you, untap, pulse you. Jeez. <laughs> or was I, I think I, no, I think I did to hit him once, and then he attacked me on a three, and I was like, and in turn, pulse you, pulse you. I was untap, really, pulse, pulse you. I was impressed of, with the pulses this weekend, for sure. The pulses, I, th- I think that uh, pulse the fields, especially. I don't remember. I think you take it out of your cube, mm-hmm. but I, I think that it's pretty good hoser. Pulse the fields is a real good hoser, especially against the modern red deck. Although I don't think that, like, in your cube, the modern red deck hasn't been performing as well recently. Yeah, and I think we. But I'd like to talk about another episode. What we're trying to do is my favorite card of the weekend. Not even close. Uh, is sneak attack? Yeah. It was so fun to draft that card. It felt like recurring nightmare. And that's what that's what cubes about. You're supposed to be having fun. Yeah. And so yeah, sneak attack is absolutely a card that falls into that category. Plus, for you cubers out there, there's a judge foil. There is a judge foil. Wow. So, yeah. Sheesh. So um, yeah, cube, cubing was insanely fun. Cannot wait to do it so again. So you've you've added a couple things to your cube. Oh yeah, based well, on what you've done this loyal week. Retainers? Huh? Loyal, loyal retainers, one time loyal retainers. Loyal retainers will probably be coming. Nice, I like nice. loyal retainers this weekend. Um, Dream halls, I want to try out. I don't know if that's if that's even a reasonable card. Well, you've added a bunch of the, the cards that are good with Dream halls. You added Cruel Tomatum. Cruel Tomatum, which actually are, has already seen play. It was first picked on Tuesday, and then they, <laughs> someone built a Grixis control deck with it. I like it. Uh, I, I convinced Cranny to throw Debtor's Nell back in the mix because I love that card. I don't know if it was in the online. I don't think it was in the online computer cube, was it? No, but Academy Rector was, and I loved Rector all right. weekend. De- Debtor's Nell is the one card... In, in my history of cubing, that I have a 100% win rate when I have cast back. You are setting yourself up for disappointment. Buddy. No, I know. I, I, I understand it. I'll be like, here's this card, and then they'll be like, uh, Sheldock, I'll this tendrils for four, and then kill you, or whatever. But that, that card's so much fun. And, and like, that's what cube's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about fun. So, you know, they're gonna, we're going to do a little bit of changing to the cube to, uh, to ch- try and change the flavor, you know, adding things like Destructive Force, and, you know, you've got a little bit of... Uh, when obviously we have the Avacyn Restored update coming up. Yeah. Speaking of which, flawless segue. Woo! Look at that. Flawless segue! I, I, I want to take this one in a little different direction because, you know, we are about 40 minutes in and we certainly could talk about Delver as a deck for long enough that people would probably turn the podcast off. Right. And also, I think if we talked about it for five minutes, people might turn the podcast off because... It's Delver. People right. are tired of Delver. Well, the other People thing is that every summer, 
it seems, a blue-white aggro control deck takes over the format. It's for like only a been month. one summer in a row. It's been two or two of the last three or three of the last four. Two of the last three. The one it's before the summer. Though. The summer before that, it's it was skip. Valakid. Stop me it's if you've heard summer. this one. All right, no. so so rather than talk about Delver, which let's just pretend that we did. Let's acknowledge that we know how prominent Delver is. If you want us to do an entire episode of nothing but Delver decks and standard, then we will. But here's the thing: Absent Restored is coming out in two weeks, and our format is going to change. So I just don't I don't know how productive it is. So I'm going to take it in a little different direction. Okay, I would like to talk about Temporal Mastery. Okay. And in the context of Delver, because Delver has this stigma, as it were, of being an unfun card. Because you either have two ways to look at it. Either you flip your Delver, and your opponent feels like that you mised uh, a a a flying wild Nakata for one mana. Or you don't flip it, and you're playing a crappy 1-1. And... Part of uh, uh, this new mechanic that Wizards spoiled at the PAX panel last week was Miracle. And we haven't talked about Miracle yet, but they've, they've actually released four cards at this point? Uh, I believe four. Red, green, white, blue? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the four cards that we have, we want to just talk briefly about what they do, but I'd like to talk about Miracle as a mechanic and how it might play into um, Stairn Legacy. All right. So the, the cards we've seen that uh, are most notable... Uh, obviously, we have, uh, I think it's four red-red, deal five to a creature player for Miracle Red. That's, right. that's probably one of my favorite cards. Yeah, I think that's actually the best one. I, I think that, like, balance-wise, I like that one a lot. Yeah. Uh, mostly because if you flip it early, it's not like you feel like you're that far ahead. Hmm. Uh, then another one, the white one is five and a white. Uh, I think it's... Put target artifact, creature, or enchantment on the bottom of its owner's library. A Miracle White. Miracle White. Another reason I like that one is that it doesn't hit... Well, it doesn't hit land, so you can't just totally... Like, Right, and it doesn't have Planeswalkers. It's right, the, the big concern about Miracle for me would be that on turn two, you hit one. Yeah. Or, like, turn three, you hit one that has a big effect. Like, for instance, uh, I was talking about, like, the green one that I didn't want to see or the white one I didn't want to see were something that generated tokens. Mm. Like, if you had basically, like, imagine, like, Bestial Menace or something for, like, uh, for like two or something. You could just well, put a 3-3 three, three into play and it right. Miracle if it was, green. If it was just a two-colorless and a green 3-3, three, three, then I'd Miracle of a green... That would still be way too good, probably. Right, or, or like, so the other card I was looking at was, like, imagine Spectral Procession for a three and a white and Miracle White. Jeez. Like, if you ever hit it on turn two, it's just, like, your Not opponent wants to, throw, wants to throw, light themselves on fire and jump out the window. Yeah. Like, okay. that's, and because, like, if you, like, dome your opponent for five on turn two, okay, but you still haven't done anything, like, significant. You haven't put any pressure on the board. Right, if you, uh, most of the Miracles so far, if you pass them on turn two, it's or turn three... It's not, I mean, you've got a big effect, but it doesn't, it's not like your opponent is just like, I'm now so far behind, there's no way I could possibly win this game. So let's discuss the much maligned uh, Temporal Mastery, right. which was spoiled uh, just a few days ago, and um, let's just give the stats here. It's five blue-blue, it is a sorcery, and it has Miracle of one blue, and the effect of the card is, take an extra turn, exile Temporal Mastery. Now, do you know the right on the card yet? On Temporal Mastery. When you when you play it, uh, Final Countdown plays in the background. <laughs> Somebody just gets out and starts wailing on a guitar. Because that's what the card feels like. You're just like... Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be busy. <laughs> yeah. Judge, I need Final Countdown. I need Final Countdown. The guitarist is going to be like, I need to go home <laughs> and see my family. Uh, <laughs> 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 
Um, so this one has been the talk of the town. Again, if yep. uh, uh, if you haven't been following the internet, the there's like it's very polarizing because there's a line of people who are like, kill it on sight. Do not let this card uh, be legal in eternal formats. It's going to ruin the way that we play Magic. And then there's the other side. It's like you guys are overreacting. They're getting a duck and a scale, and they are uh, getting a burn a witch. <laughs> Which I'm fine with, because I actually am I'm in favor of this card. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to give it a day in the sun, but uh, the people who've been buying $40 uh, personal tutors, yeah. I highly suggest you move those before move. June 20th. I agree. And... It, you move them regardless, and and here's why: because either the card gets banned because it's too degenerate, and then your tutors go down to probably something a little less higher than they were, but higher not, than they were, but not yeah, they have some price memory. Or the deck sucks, and then you have fifty dollars personal tutors. So that's up to you which you want to bet on. But so we've. Uh, so, so the basic idea of this card, and I'm speaking specifically specifically in the context of Legacy, is that you abuse this card with Brainstorm, Skorak, Jace, Portent, you know... Doomsday. Sense, Doomsday, Sensei's Divining Top, whatever. Any way that you can manipulate the top of your library, plus this card, you get a free time walk. Now, something that needs to be noted is that just because it is a powerful card, this is not Blue Ancestral Recall Miracle... This is blue one time walk. You need to do something with your turn miracle. Right. right. So typically Otherwise, time walk requires one of two things. You either have to use the extra tempo that you have to generate more tempo or generate card advantage. You have to do one of two things. Right. If, you're, if all you're doing is using it it's as a glorified explorer, explore, exactly. then, you're, then you've done... Then you're not doing anything you possible. Cast explore, Unless the extra turn is exactly what you need. Like if you're running this in high tide and you're just speeding up your clock by a turn. What it most... Like, that's why people are real big about with Personal Tutor. Because you can go, Personal Tutor, get this, take a time walk, uh, cast Snapcaster Mage, Personal Tutor again, you know, take another time walk. But unless you also like a Goyf or something pretty significant in play or a Flip Delver, right. then I don't see where that's very useful. Now, maybe you could play it in Rug Delver and just be like, all right, I'm going to play four of these and I'm just going to do that. Uh, I think that this most fits into a deck like Blue-White Stoneforge. Hmm. Where you get to play because, like, I don't want to play personal tutor because I don't want to. I don't want to have a deck that now has that I've got to take out eight cards so I can fit in four personal tutors and four of this. I want to just fit it in a deck that already is playing uh, Jason Brainstorm. Yeah. Because if you like, ideally, when you cast, this, you're going to go to like something like turn two Stoneforge Mystic, and then turn three you can uh, you know, uh, or I guess like turn four, then you can like start time walking with Brainstorm or something. Like, that seems pretty good. Like, you get just a little bit ahead, you put in a batter skull, and you're like, all right, now I'm going to gain a bunch of life. You don't really, if you, if you have a big, if you have a blocker out, then, you know, you're just going to have to chump block my batter skull. I'm going to, whatever, sword your goyf, and I'm going to get in for, like, eight damage while I take my extra turns. Now, it's been a little while since a constructed format has had a time warp effect. At two mana. At two mana. Or even at three mana, like, say, for the moment, obviously it was not good. But, you know, it's been a little while, so maybe this will... Right. Shift the format. Cranny well, and I were te- testing a, a, uh, a sort of uh, a lands, a miracle. Was it Miracle Grow? Or, we did or a turbo land. Turbo land, that's what it was. And like we would be getting like, you know, uh, like turn two, turn three, turn four, huge amounts yeah, of mana off we, of it. We were using the Explore and the Hornigree to generate. Right. Exploration and Hornigree. The extra, yeah. Right, what's most impressive was Jace because you're doing something with Jason play. Like 
if you take if you like end of turn, you know, put a, a, a this on top, right? Then you got to reveal it. Then you got to take a turn. And then, so you're taking going to take two turns in a row. That means you get two Jace effects. Like you can either go plus plus and get Jace higher than going off, or you're just like I'm just going to basically generate card advantage every turn. I'm going to like cast a lingering souls, and I've got all this, you know. And, and, and like that's what it's supposed to press with me. I don't think yeah, that you're going to take all the turns like on turn two, but I think that you basically get a slight advantage mid game, and then you're just like, all right, I'm going to take three turns in a row, and your opponent wants to shoot themselves. Uh, I, I think there's a very low shot that this card survives in Legacy. I think that uh, Brainstorm and Jace are already so high up on the power curve. Exactly. That that's, that's the main concern. That it? this card would push them over the edge. Now, as a result, do you think that the te- Temporal Mastery is not long for this world? Because, I mean, Temporal Mastery, Because I think... Wizards does not have a history of banning the, the cards that get used by the engine. They have a history of banning the engine. Well, because the difference is that there's not an engine here. Well, it's Jason it Brainstorm. Different. No, it would be different if, if the survival deck had five engines in it. The, right. the difference is that this is the... If Brainstorm and Jace, it's, it's like... Let's say, well, Brainstorm's the engine. Brainstorm is not the engine. Brainstorm is just one of the many cards. Like, if you ban Brainstorm, then people are just going to start playing Scroll Rack. Like, if you, you know, th- there is enough things that are... Legacy is so all about putting things on top of your library, or, like, putting cards from your hand on top, on top of your library, that there's no way... Like, you have to ban a lot of cards before Temporal Master becomes fair. So I think that that card, just not worth it. Axe it, get rid of it, uh, keep the format, you know. I, and again, we'll see. We have... Um, a couple weeks of Star City Games opens. We have the start, uh, before June twentieth. Uh, between uh, awkwardly enough, between June twentieth and the actual and July first, we have the Star City Games uh, Open Series Invitational, Ooh. and we have Grand Prix Atlanta. Right. Jeez. And the earliest it'd be banned would be like uh, I think July second is the is like the two weeks after they announced it. So you know that that's a, like a little awkward that yeah, that's, that, that's sort of like not ideal i mean i guess they could ban it before grand prix atlanta do it the week before as opposed to the week like, after are they going to but wouldn't that be like an emergency ban no because the, the the ban announcement happens on june 20th or thereabouts depending on the june 20th on a sunday or whatever or saturday if it's on a week if it's on a weekday it, it occurs on that day otherwise it occurs like the day before or something uh, so like theoretically um, they could say okay so the here's the ban list on june 20th it goes into effect whatever the, the Monday is before. And, and what they wouldn't want to happen is what's happened at the last two, G- well, really the last three big legacy GPs, where the first time it was GP Flash, and it, and they they yeah. should have banned it prior to that GP. There's just no doubt in my mind that like that was a bad decision. Well, and it, the problem was that the banning announcement was going to happen shortly afterwards. Like, it, it, was a, it was, again, a similarly poorly timed event right. where the banning announcement happens right afterwards. I think the banning announcement was, like, literally the week after. Uh, yes, because it, it was. Well, because Future Sight cards became legal right. the day after also. And that's the thing is that was when they were doing the ban announcements on the first. Right. And so the week, it, it was, like, the last weekend of May. Right. And, then and the really awkward thing about that, that particular term, just quick aside, is that for one day, literally, that Sunday, you could enter side events that had Flash Hulk legal with eight packs. Yeah. And so. that's the thing. We knew it was going to get banned because they had... The, that Grand Prix did not yet have blue or green packs, which right. made that deck so over the top compared to what it is. And, well, in, in the the next um, GP after that was GP Mystical Tutor, which we saw 
if you go back and look at like coverage and read the deck list, every deck was an ad nauseum deck or reanimator deck. I mean, the, the decks were so consistent with Mystical Tutor, and then they obviously shortly later banned Mystical Tutor, realizing right. that well, we can't we can't leave you with these nice things. We're just going <laughs> to take them one. No, the, all of the one mana tutors, and I include personal tutor. The ones that I really like are Persister, Enlightened Tutor, and World Tutor. Tutor. Those cards will eventually see banned. In I can see Enlightened Tutor being next. Right. I can it, absolutely see Personal Tutor, and I can see a situation in which Worldly Tutor goes away. Right. It all comes down to one mana tutor effects are too powerful. Hmm. We do not currently have decks that... We don't currently have the cards to make it so that you're like, oh, well, like I, I don't, I don't want to play a Worldly Tutor combo deck, right? But someday. But someday. Legacy only gets bigger... And there are certain cards, and one mana tutors are are, are you know forever going to be combo enablers, and eventually no. some combos going to come out. and They're like, we can't let you have a one mana tutor in that deck, no. and then they'll ban that one. Like there'll be a point at some point where they're just like, yeah, we got to get rid of Enlightened Tutor. It just it just gives too much. It's it's too powerful. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, the last example would be Survival, which right. prior to going into that tournament, everybody is playing Survival. Yeah, the, well, the, the best aggro. Best control and best combo decks were survival. But, well, that didn't happen in the Grand Prix though. There was only I think one or two survival decks in the top eight. Yeah, but it, but it dominated. But playing the top that, playing that day, I, I every other opponent was a survival deck. I played all nine rounds. Yeah. I think I played seven survival. It decks. wasn't until like shortly after that that the entire format became survival. The, and in I don't know that temporal mastery is like one of those that. Like, Wizards is aware of the risk of having it printed. If you actually watch the PAX panel. Uh, about 25 minutes in and then 40 minutes in, they introduced the miracle mechanic and then subsequently talk about a card that they were that they were worried about. I, I, don't even, I don't know the exact wording, but they said, I think they said that they were worried about a specific card, but we'll spoil it later and right. you be the judge. I think Mara said my call on Monday is going to have a card yeah. that, that development was most apprehensive about. The thing about. that gives me hope, though, is that whenever Wizards says that, the card that they say, well, we're worried about this card. It's always some other card that ends up being broken. <laughs> like when Time Spiral, Time Shift had happened. It's they were super stag, uh, Yeah, it's, it's the Sturzdag Heretic. It's obviously the problem. When, when, when Time Shifted cards came out, the, the uh, R&D members were like, it was the Enduring Renewal card that we were real worried about, mm. not this Dragonstorm crap. <laughs> we never saw Dragonstorm Wouldn't that coming. be insane if they actually wrote a retrospective article like, look, guys, in Future Future League... Our league was getting t- torn up by parallel lives decks. That's absolutely what I want to see. That would be oh insane. my god, I love that. They because they mentioned things like I think Aaron Forsyth recently someone kind of asked about Balcut, and he said that their list was a couple cards off. They were playing more dual lands, right, and, and, and less Terramorphic expansions. Right, people in, in, in real life just played Terramorphic expansions. They're like, okay, that pushes over the top because mm. people actually played more red, more actual mountains. And, and in the, their Delver decks. They were not playing Vapor Snag, which obviously, who's going to see Vapor Snag? Well, I think it was uh, Midnight Haunting was the other card they were like, yeah. yeah Midnight we... Haunting was, which, which is a little bit less of an excuse. I mean, I don't see how you, you can not see that one coming. But then in Fairies, for example, Fairies was a huge problem forever, and people were like, we just didn't use Scion Aguna. It just wasn't in our decks. You know? Yeah, and like I think... And so it's always off by that much. And I think they mentioned in retrospect, they would have made uh, Bitter Blossom a rogue Right. Equi- uh, instead enchantment of instead of a fairy enchantment. Yeah. Which was like the, you know, I don't want to say it's the entire turning point of the deck, but it was the fact that uh, a turn two Bitter Blossom let your turn three... Um, Spellstar Spring. Yeah, three for three. Spells. Yeah. Like, that was like the big the big advance in the deck, and like, if you didn't have that, the deck would have been on a better power level. Well, 
certainly uh, we're going to be seeing some brews. We're going to be seeing. Right. I and mean, we'll have more spoilers. And, and, and people need obviously. to not get too excited about Vexing Devil. That's the card that everyone's so. Well, oh, okay. So, so there's a lot of cards that we want to talk about. Um, you know, we. we we, we are going to do a spoiler cast. It's probably going to be closer to when we have all of the cards and we can go through our top tens. Um, but if there are any specific cards that you want us to try to cover for next week, make sure... Please, leave them in the yeah. comments. Leave yeah. them in the comments or shoot us a tweet. Um, leave them in the comments on incontentionmagic.com. Do, I don't know if we check the comments on, like... Uh, I do. Uh, I, I check it nice. Yeah, I, I'll go through and do oh, a you sweep. Do too? Okay. Yeah. Um, no one ever commented. Do you guys want to talk about the Planeswalker we got spoiled today real quick? Yeah. Toyoma or Toy, Tomiko. Moloku, Planeswalker? Yeah. Yeah, it's three blue-blue. Why didn't they just give Moloku the spark? That always upset. Uh, whatever. Anyway. Yeah, I, I thought I thought it'd be cool to have, like, eight and a half tails as a Planeswalker. Oh. But, you know, I thought that would have been cute, but I whatever. So uh, anyway. It's three blue-blue. It's got four loyalty. Okay, so Tezzeret's uh, stats. Tezzeret's base stats. Yeah. Right. Um, plus one. Target permanent uh, doesn't is it doesn't tap target permanent. permanent. It doesn't untap during its control. Is next on tap. So it's a Johnny plus ice manipulator. Right. It's then you get um, minus two. Minus mm-hmm. two. Uh, then you cast uh, ten. Is it ten thousand arrows? It, yeah, uh, no, it's uh, borrowing ten thousand yeah, arrows. Borrowing ten thousand arrows or something. It's it's draw cards equal to the number of tapped creatures target player controls. Right. So it's 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 uh, versus a lot of decks you're gonna draw like four cards. Or in your own deck. Or in your own deck. Okay. Okay. Your deck. What's the ultimate? This one is right. my a spicy one. My favorite ultimate of any planeswalker. Is it? Is it just the buyback zero? Yeah, it's it's minus eight. Uh, whenever it's not you even have buyback. An emblem. It's not, yeah, it's not even buyback. Whenever a card, or maybe it's an instant sorcery. Or is it no, a card? it's whenever a card. Whenever a card goes to your graveyard from anywhere. From anywhere. Put it in your hand. Put it in your you hand. You have no max hand size. And you have right. no max hand size. And so, so means, now, Thought Scour becomes Ancestor Recall. Right. It's, it's, it is actually my like, I like this Planeswalker. It is not super powerful. But this is the power level I'd like to see Planeswalkers oh, at. Oh, yeah. And I like that the ultimate is not just like auto, I win. It's but like it, you have to cast a couple more spells. Right, yeah. but like then like all of a sudden it feels like you're just playing with a bazooka. Yeah. Like your opponent... It's like ulti- having an ultimate on Fencer. Like your opponent is just like, I've got a knife, and you're like, I've got a bazooka. Right. <laughs> like it feels better than Fencer to me. Like As opposed to Jace, which is, I've got a knife, and Jace is like, you're already dead. I don't see you. You're <laughs> right. buried with And the thing is like, I, like, yeah, Jace, like you ultimate Jace, you're like, okay, yeah, you're dead. Like you ultimate this, and like you still have to do work. But like it just feels so awesome because yeah. you're like... Uh, you're like they're like casting. You're like counterspell it, return to hand, and they're like and like a something dies. You're like okay, put it back in my hand. Yeah, they have the illusion that they can, can that they can win the game. They can, right. You can still they win can through theoretically it. Theoretically win. You can still win through it, but it's going <laughs> to be hard. Be real and tough. all your cards just do awesome things now. And like for me, that is what an emblem should do. Yeah. Like cost emblem is just like mow y'all down. Like it's not really that interesting. It's like ugh. Yeah, but he's Koth of the Hammer. You wanted him to have depth. He's better in germ. Koth de, de, de Hammers? No, he's uh, uh, Koth de uh, or der Van Hammerklan. De, Van Hammerklan. That's Van Hammerklan. I like this guy because if you've ever, if you, do you guys ever play Catastrophe? Yeah. The Cyrus yeah. card? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catastrophe's really interesting in that when you play it, you get to decide, am I down in the cards or am I up in the cards? If I'm down, I'll use it as a wrath. If I'm, if up, I'm up, I'll use it as I'll a wrath. Yeah. And so this is very similar. If you play it on a board where your opponent has a board presence and you need to dig for your Wrath answers, for your wraths, 
you can just use the minus ability, draw some cards, gain some life, and then next turn play your wrath. Right, and the other cool thing is that suddenly your opponent's like, uh-oh, I should probably kill that thing, and it may be a fog. It's like, draw five cards, draw, gain a couple life. Yeah, and I think I think you could pretty consistently get this guy to draw you two or three cards, depending on what deck you're yeah. playing against. And then the other side is the plus ability. If you play that on an empty board, your opponent's going to have a really hard time attacking into it. Unlike Elspeth and, uh, and Soren, where... They create like their own little bubble to, to protect themselves. Or any of the Garricks. Or any of the Garricks. This actually just, if your opponent doesn't play more than one threat, they are not going to be able to, to attack her because you can just tap it down. Now, obviously, they have another turn to, to play another guy, but that's a pretty big deal, um, especially because she ultimates on eight, right? Right. So she, she comes down at four, that means you have five turns before you can ultimate her. That's not a long time if you're playing a control deck. I was talking with John Johnson today. He had a very interesting point about how this plan, this Planeswalker works really well with uh, um, Gideon mm. in multiple ways. Yeah. So Gideon destroys oh. a tapped creature, and Toyoma can tap a creature. Mm-hmm. And the other one is everybody attacked Gideon, and Toyoma can make you draw cards for all the tapped creatures. So wow. those are some interesting interactions that, you know, yeah. it's like how old Liliana and old Jace used to have a couple things that worked really interestingly together. This is another one. I'll, I don't. I don't foresee having two five mana planeswalkers in play needing to combo. You know, if you have two five mana planeswalkers in play, you're probably just winning, right? So, but it's nice that it occurs. It's nice that it's there, and it just yeah. feels good. Yeah, it's not like we had uh, the new Jace and that. We're just like a million, million, million. Right. Yeah. This, this. If you're if your opponent if you're sitting down and your opponent has Jace Gideon, you're like I am not having fun. If your opponent has socks with sandals and Gideon, then you're just like. All right, this is kind of hilarious, you know. I, I there was some uh, discussion about how flavor wise it didn't make sense that, uh, that there's a moonfolk randos in here. I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool that a moon, moonfolk planeswalker like isn't that isn't that what planeswalkers do? Yeah, they yeah. walk planes. So like, I would love to see those kinds of cameos to see a Karn and like you know some random block where Karn comes back. He's like, hey bitches, well, I'm I mean, gonna Jace. You know, <laughs> Jace is from Ravnica, right? That's his home really? plane. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? He's He's been in all kinds of places. Holy smokes. Jace, yeah, he's pretty wild. You know, uh, uh, I believe that Elspeth is from... Um, She's from Alara. From Alara, right. You know, people, they, they leave. Uh, Johnny's and from Alara also. And I think that, that what that does uh, to go to the marketing side of it is it gives us... Uh, okay, well, we, we recently did an In Contention episode on video games... And part of why I like to play certain video games is that you get involved with the characters. You care about the characters and what they do. And that's and what it, Magic's been trying to do. That's exactly what they're doing. So if you see the name Nicol Bolas in print, and there's and there's the mystique around what what it is that he's going to be doing, like you get excited about the set. If you see a Johnny and you're like, oh my gosh, what are they going to do with him? Is he going to be red, green, white? Is he going to be the first tricolor planeswalker? It gets people excited talking about the set, and I. Bring a Moonfolk on. I mean, okay, yeah, I like show it. me Tomio. Does that mean we would see some other, you know, cultural set like Kamigawa, hopefully done a little bit better? Fine. I, right. I, I think that this also, to that point, it signals that they're going to go back to Kamigawa at some point, which is fine. It, even if even if it's it, some of the flavor comes back and they don't just say, well, we're not going back to Kamigawa. That, right. We're not, not going to have Hisoka's Defiance. But like Tomio, like, you know, gets corrupted and makes a bunch of Japanese cards, you know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so next week, or uh, probably next week, but maybe the week after, we will do a full spoiler cast with nothing but talk about the new cards. 
mostly within the context of constructed and, you know, maybe some limited thrown here and there. Um, but we have a couple, couple small topics we want to close on. Um, Ruben, you uh, have something that you probably want to talk about. Sure. Well, I finally got the magic, the news inning Woo. on the air. Yeah, uh, perhaps, perhaps you've seen it. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, it's it's the first episode, so you know there's it's a it's a baby. It needs to learn how to walk. So it's not perfect. It's not where I, it's not exactly what I want it to be, but it's a really good first step, and I'm happy with it. So do you guys like it? Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I think I just think that there was you know the magic show isn't doing the magic show every week. You know, Evan's real busy, and so I think that there's been sort of a, a dearth in the magic community of a not just grind it out, here's how you make packs on Moto TV show mm-hmm. about magic. I wanted an entertaining TV show about magic, and I, you know, hopefully that's that's going to be... And amazing. apparently about plowing uh, moms. Plowing your moms over and over. Do you think people got that? I think they got it. Okay. I'm pretty sure they got that. Because I, I heard a couple <laughs> people say, like, I didn't get it during, like, at first. Uh, we'll, we'll try to put that in the show notes, but we're probably too lazy to do that, so just go to YouTube.com, type in Magic the News, and it's the first video that pops right. up. It's also uh, YouTube.com slash Star City Games Video. Yeah, yep. Uh, so, I guess we don't have a lot to say on this subject, but they uh, they did announce the new GP schedule, and uh, something that's been sort of talk of the town is team events. Yeah. back, baby. Right, back. so are we going? Uh, San Jose is a little, a little bit out of my. If I qualify Man. for Seattle, I'll go. Because I wanted to have team in contention. Well, if if if, if I was, if it was within six hours, I would. Go. If I qualify, Stop if flying. I qualify for Seattle, because then you, I just take a week off. Right. And like that's a really Seattle smart decision. Is well, just putting them back to back like right because they always want to have a Grand Prix. There's always a Grand Prix fairly close. To the Pro Tour, like the week before, in a location fairly close. So the pros can go in a week early, play the Grand Prix, hang out for a week, play the Pro Tour. Yeah. Right. And this year, it's uh, the or the one that's coming up next is, or it's not next, there's one that's coming up before Absent are stored. But then it's, um, you know, before Seattle, before Pro Tour Seattle, which they haven't made a big announcement about that it's Seattle yet, but uh, I haven't seen it at least. But yeah, Pro Tour Seattle is the third Pro Tour this year. And yeah, it's going to be uh, the, uh, the team event. And I think that. That'll probably lead to a lot of Wizards people being there because yes. they're very interested. They really want this to work, but they have to work out to make sure that they can get teams to work effectively. It's, it's a, it is a hard format to do. It's team sealed, right? It, yeah. Well, it's team sealed day one. It's draft on day two, okay. and they used to do team Rochester was the, the draft oh format. Oh god! Which was Rochester died a horrible death because nobody ever wanted to play. It, cause it took hours. Yeah. And so... Rochester PTQs would take till like, 3 in the morning. Right. And this was, like, with, like, 12 teams. Yeah. Or, or 30 teams. It'd be, like, you know, they, they you get back... Like, you get out of PTQ at 2 a.m. if you, like, you know, top board. But uh, they're trying to do team drafts in a more... The, the, the proposal I heard right now is that you play two rounds. You do a team draft, play two rounds. Do another team draft, play two rounds. And it's, it's kind of just a 3v3. Uh, and I imagine it'll be something similar to that. They have to work it out with time and rounds. Yeah. Like, they may have to make the cut a little more strict for day two because, uh, you know, they, it just takes a long time to draft. Sure, sure. Like, you have to do three drafts probably instead of two drafts. Like, before, what you did for teams is you would draft and play three rounds, and then that would basically count as three rounds of the tournament. Right. And, you know, you still have to seal them day one. I'll be very interested to see how it goes. I know they're going to be very interested I think they're looking at doing more team events. They just got to figure out how to, like, you know, make yeah, it all people, effectively. You know, they it wasn't too long ago that we had 
unified constructed team events and, right. and could, that constructed doing a giant pro tour. It was much easier to right to intuit a giant and uh, the last two the events that had you know big team events were to a giant and, and unified constructed because they're easier to manage than having like team Rochester or something or other team draft formats. So they were you know they they worked out much better on time. So yeah, uh, it, they're, they're just gotta make this work out so that. The tournament doesn't get over at five in the morning, which would probably be bad for people. Right. I mean, team events are a logistical nightmare, but all Grand Prix are a logistical nightmare. But they're not, so. and they're not going to let us do team names either. Yeah, well, that's because no. they, because Magic players are tiny babies, <laughs> and the, everyone would name their team something inappropriate, and then they'd have to announce it over the loudspeaker and say, "Would team balls in a sack please come up to the judge table?" <laughs> <laughs> and so a lot you have of stuff, to change your name. Then we'll go Teehee. And a lot of stuff would slip by people because they wouldn't get the reference, right? Like I remember uh, there was an event where DVDA, yeah, uh, Northern Lights S- number something. Yeah, we did yeah. Sky Swallow D's, and nobody got that one. But you know, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've seen. I was at a, a PTQ in Kentucky where they had to call up like I mean, it was like maybe 40, 50 teams, right? And they had to call like twelve teams up. It was like, all right, Foxtrot, uh, Unicorn, Charlie Kilo, come up. They're like, all right, Foxtrot, Foxtrot, Unicorn needs to come up. All right. And they just kept calling team names. Like, you need to change your team name. You need to change your team name. And they just kind of gave up with it. So I I, I, under, I I love team names. I completely understand that they don't want people like – or people like advertising things their team yeah, name. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's going to be when it's like, uh, would team uh, Ascension – is on sale now at www.something.com. Please come up to the table. And then Brian Kibler has to go up to the table and be like, I just was wanted you to say that. <laughs> I'm going like, to stretch my deck so I yeah. can get called out. Apparently there was a team that registered as asterisk, 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 capital letters, B-Y-E, asterisk, yeah. asterisk, asterisk. <laughs> that worked for one round. Did it really? Yeah. Wow. People, no. I basically, uh, the Twitter Giant season, like everyone, like every event had like one team that tried that pretty yeah. much. That's unbelievable. And some of them caught, some of the judges caught it, some of them just didn't, like, think about it, and then, like, some team would be like, how did we lose last round? We got a bye. And they're like, oh, no, sorry, you played against team bye. Right. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. And then, uh, so finally, you have a cool announcement. This is the most insane announcement in a long time. Um, our, uh, our, our dear beloved cat of many years passed away, uh, gosh, it's like almost a month ago at this yeah. point. And uh, Booby, the sanctuary yeah, cat. The sanctuary cat. He's got a little, he's got a little shrine Mark's son made uh, in our game room down here so he, he can watch this draft. He looks just like the cat yeah, of the sanctuary cat. He does. So we um, we bought a new cat, and her name's Zola, and I've nicknamed her Zozu. I thought her name was Zozu. No, I call her Zozu. Aww. The yeah. adoption agency named it, had it named Zola. Yeah, our name's all we call her Then Zozu. Leah okay. was calling it Zozo, and Cranny was like, ooh, I can sneak a magic card reference in here. <laughs> okay, I'm going to let you in a little secret. If you just call it Zozu, it's Zozu. Like, cats don't know the difference. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It, they just need to hear They need to hear the inflection in your voice. Like, no, no. Yeah. And yeah, then, it's not like it's going to be like, Who's the Sozu person they've been calling me for the last two years? It picks it up pretty quickly. It's like, Zozu, that means I should come. So the thing with Zozu is that, um, well, I haven't touched a magic card since we got her uh, because she eats them. Yeah. So that's a problem. So (laughs) now I had to take all of my cards, which I had them, like, nice and organized in boxes in the family room, and they're all, like, in storage until I can figure out how I can get her not to eat them. So... She's been, she's been pretty interesting. And, Has she uh, eaten anything important yet? 
Uh, she took a bite out of the dredge deck. So she, I think, I think it was like a, a, a Snake Weed Anvil foil one. Was The, the dredge deck's 100% foil, so... Well, uh, right. Everything that can be. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so she, she ruined a Snake Weed Anvil. That, that was the... I caught her doing it. I can't imagine if I went to work and came back and she's just, you know... Eating lines at Baghdad, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have a cat in my life again. I like cats. I would like a dog, but this place is way too small for a dog. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't have anything else. Thanks for pranking me, idiots. I appreciate uh, hey, getting my hopes up. That card is pretty cool, but... Uh, well, we can still put it in the queue if you want. No, no. All right. We'll keep it, we'll keep it real. So, uh, any announcements before we sign off, boys? I got nothing. I got nothing. All right. Also, next week, we're in contention. Yeah.